0: So how I got started in pest control is obvious through my father. My name is Edward J. Sheehan. Joseph P. Sheehan, Colony Pest Management, Brooklyn, New York. So Colony Confidential is about money. I said I want cash. Business and family. Working with family is the toughest fucking thing you'll ever have to do. Or it could be the best. Mint. Colony Confidential.
1: Hey, this is Ed Sheehan. On today's episode of Colony Confidential, we're going to tell you about a lot of unforgettable and wonderful people, mostly, and some not so wonderful, that we've met in our cruising around New York City and New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Connecticut. I think you're going to enjoy today's uh, episodes, a lot of laughs involved and great people that we met and people that were nice enough to help us build our business, recommended us and shared some wonderful stories of their life. Uh, I was told in two instances that they knew I was a son of a bitch and uh, don't bother calling anymore. Both companies called back. One, two years later, we made a deal. The other one, when he called me a son of a bitch, he told me he had to be in uh, San Diego in a month, and he couldn't screw around with an asshole like me. called me back in two weeks, and the guy that was going to give him all this money had no money to put down. So I had, think I had offered them eight to one. I reduced it to five because I knew he had to leave in two weeks. And I paid five and a half to one for it. Look, everybody's looking for the most. And if they could get four to one for a business, why not leave? But they only have a $100,000 business, not a million dollar business or several million dollar business. They don't understand that. And sooner or later, these people are going to get old. In a case in point, <clears throat> the first company or route that I bought I spent a lot of time with this lovely man who, I can mention his name, he's dead now, George Klarman. And uh, two days before I was gonna take over, he says, I can't sell her out to you. I was pissed. But I figured the guy's 70, <laughs> how much longer could he last? Three years later he called me, and said, I'm willing to sell her out. I says, well, you're married now, I don't have the money. I got about half that. He goes, I'll sell it to you for that. I said, you still got the same? because it's exactly the same, no more, no less. <laughs> and he's dead now, so I promised him I wouldn't tell you this story till he died. His daughter was screwing around on his son-in-law, and uh, he spoke to his daughter one night and told her, he better cut this shit out, and she told him, mind the business. That night, the son-in-law caught her and her boyfriend in a motel room busted in and killed her. And the guy only did three years in jail. Crime of passion. I never understood that, but George had to watch the the kid they had while the guy was in jail. The father got out of jail. He took over the kid, and he sold me the business. And my son, Eddie Sheehan, was sitting on a kitchen table... He was maybe a year and a half old. And we signed the contract on this guy's kitchen table in the Bronx after I promised him I would pick him up whenever he wanted and take him on a route. And I had this big Chevy Blazer. He loved it. Oh, it's like a road car. And the guy was deaf, so he was always yelling. So when I came home, I'd be yelling. And lovely Peggy would say, what are you screaming? I'm shit, I'm not with George Klarman. I'm sorry.
0: Hi, this is Dan Gordon from PCO Bookkeepers, and you're listening to Colony Confidential.
1: So, I have a question for you. Yeah?
0: How did you used to fire someone?
1: Real nasty, usually. Let me, uh, okay.
0: Give, give me a good example.
1: You call them in and say, God, to let you go. And they'd all come up with that these excuses. That doesn't sound too nasty. Wait. And they'd come up with these excuses, and the more bullshit they told me, the more lies they told me, i go, listen. You're fucking a sheet. I checked your route out. You don't do the fucking shit you're supposed to do. I got people telling me you, you're supposed to go there once a week at night. You run in during your day route and sign for two or three weeks. Fuck you. Get the fuck out of here now. You're fired. Yeah.
0: Other that, that, times. That's a lawsuit today probably.
1: Yeah. F- fuck the lawsuit. It wasn't a lawsuit then. Other
0: times, I'm sure it was. People just didn't know their rights.
1: That was a good thing. Um <laughs>
2: when I was graduating, he goes, you know, why don't you skip law school? Why don't you come, you know, join, come in the business? And the last thing I wanted to be was a bug guy. You know, I wasn't glamorous or sexy. I wanted to be a lawyer, save the world, you know, wear a suit every day. Next thing I know, I'm a, a pest control operator. And, uh, you know, I learned from the bottom up. Uh, I used to go into the sewers of Boston with uh, uh, bread, lard, and cat food, uh, bags of it. Uh, they they. The, the, the city uh, guy would open up a manhole and he'd hand me a map and he'd say, Listen, follow this map and I'll meet you, you know, 15 blocks away. You know, it was a summertime, it'd be 100 degrees. And I would literally walk with these plastic bags of breadlot, catwood, and zinc phosphide, shake it up, and the rats would literally follow me in the sewers, and I would just be <laughs> scattering the breadlot. And th- they would just, like the Pied Piper thousands of rats, American roaches and you know 15 blocks later they'd pulled me out of the manhole I'd be disgusting I mean just roaches on me and just sweating um, but uh, little did I know that that was the foundation for teaching me a craft if you will right. that has stood me now. I started my own company in 1991 so almost 30 years later, and uh, I, I have the, the dream of all dreams of having my son, who joined me six years ago, on mm-hmm. his own, right. with no pressure from me calling me up, saying, gee, I'd like to, like to come work with you in the business.
0: What's your craziest pest control story? But aside from the dildo.
2: <laughs> all right, this is really personal, but I'm going way back now. Okay, Statue good. of
1: limitations ran out.
2: So when I was, as soon as I could drive, my father gave me a route. okay? Nice area, downtown Boston. It was August. It was, you know, 85 degrees already. It's seven in the morning. And, you know, I'm a young guy. I'm in my, you know, 18 or so. And, um... You know, you had the B&G sprayer, you pumped up the can, you, you knocked on the apartment door. If you were a lefty, you went left and hit all the baseboards. If you were a righty, you went right. Problem solved, done. So I knock on this apartment door and the most breathtaking woman opens the door. Now I'm 18, she's probably 25 or 26. Okay, so, but she clearly looks like an older woman to me. I mean, certainly more mature. I'm 18, I'm probably a virgin. Or maybe one time, but it was, you know, I she, didn't know what I was doing either looked, way. She,
1: she looked more experienced to you than exactly. you were.
2: Exactly. Ah, okay. And all she's wearing is a white bathrobe, which is closed. I'll put that in quotation marks. <laughs> it wasn't quite closed, but I'm in, you know, I'm looking away. I am not making, I, I am not looking at her. I go, hi, I'm Dan. I'm from Certified Pest Control. I'm here to treat your unit. She goes, "Come in." I'm not looking at her. I'm looking away because this is—I don't, you know—something's going to happen. I'm—I don't know, and I'm afraid. So I take—I take the pump, the can up. I do the left. I'm walking around all the rooms. I get to her bedroom, and I'm swallowing hard because even today, I'm 63. <laughs> you know, 45 freaking years later, something's happening inside of me right Da-da-da-da. now. So. Uh, I, and, and, and I would say this to everyone, and you probably have said those sa- same words. I'm all done. Is there any other place you'd like me to service? And it just <laughs> rolled out because that's what happened. And guess what? She's laying on the bed, and the bathrobe opens up.
1: Did you complete the service?
2: Not only did I complete the service... <laughs> i was there for three days no cell phone <laughs> never called home for three days my parents had the police the F- they called every law enforcement they i go home three days later and my father looks at me and beats the crap out of me in the kitchen beats me to a pulp my mother's screaming i'm getting a beating and after the beating he looks at me he goes i hope it was worth it and i said i do it again. <laughs> <laughs> this is Donnie Shelton from
3: March on Colony Confidential. I just want to wish all your listeners a very, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and a very prosperous 2019.
0: So uh, we get a phone call from a hotel we used to service and building management. Um, they were just starting to see roaches in places that made no sense. The hotel lobby. They had like what they called a the sky lobby, which was basically like the second floor. And it was like a reception area where they always did happy hour. Um, in the gym and in in the hallway of the back of the house of um, the banquet area, which made no sense. So we're trying to figure it out. And we figure out, okay, this restaurant is underneath all or adjacent to all of these areas and a restaurant was part of the property so management says okay fine let's go we're gonna walk to this restaurant it was an asian fusion restaurant and we walk in and the fucking We're walking at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. They're packed. People are waiting to sit. This is like in a heavy financial area, so lunch was a big time for them. There's fucking roaches everywhere falling off the ceiling. We move shit. We found like a 1,000 of roaches. Building management was like, I seen enough, so fuck out of here. The guy's like, can you come back here tonight and handle this? I was like, it's going to take more than tonight. He's like, yes, I understand, but can you come back tonight? Yeah, sure. So here's another restaurant that closed at midnight and opened at 7 in the morning. So we actually had a decent amount of time to work, but um, disgusting. We had to fog it. We had to fog it three times um, while we're fogging it. So we were only servicing for roaches. It was like the, the, manage, the management company forced us in. They said, we're going to pay you, and they were back charging the tenant for whatever the reason is. So as we're doing it, we see seeing mice while we're fogging, Right. So the second night we go back to treat, uh, one of my texts is like, "Oh my god, I don't know if I could ever eat at a restaurant like this again in my life." It they had a peanut butter like like a like a big peanut butter tin can. It probably was about I don't know, like.
1: Like as big as a a tin that you get cookies in at Christmas. Yes,
0: something like that. And you could see paw marks from where the fucking mouse was running through the peanut butter. And this is around the time uh, I, I think the movie Catch Me If You Can was out. Or the tech I was with was a big movie guy. And he was like, this reminds me of the story when Leo DiCaprio's father says that mouse fell into milk and he churned it into butter. <laughs> so, you know, two, two idiots at four in the morning, hysterical laughing over this, but disgusting. Like, you saw fur and paw prints in the fucking peanut butter. It was disgusting. And, and
1: I'm sure you have
0: tons of stories like that.
1: The most disgusting story I had, um, it's, it's not about a kitchen, but I want to tell you anyway. It was, uh, I, was up, I was up at an artsy, artsy colony upstate, And this woman and her husband lived in a garage and um, she made pottery. And I walked in there and I looked, there was a dead rat next to the bed. And I said, you know, that's a rat. And he was pretty well decayed. She goes, oh, he's been dead for a month. And it just didn't faze them at all. Whatever you do on your own time when you work, I don't care as long as you show up for work sober. But if you're doing it on my time in front of my customers, I know HR would have something to say with this, but 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 I ha- I would have like a rehab program in place. They would, would actually like that. You would bend over and I would shove my boot up your ass as I kicked you out the door. Yeah, that Who was- the fuck are you to jeopardize my customers? They might not like your rehab program. I don't give a shit. That's what should be done. I, I was almost about to be like,
0: holy shit, he wants a rehab <laughs> program. Wow. This is Frank McDonald from Select Insurance and I'm listening
1: to Comedy Confidential. Anyway, yeah, I, got I, a, I got a question for you. What's the worst thing that ever happened to you in, in the pest control?
3: Oh Worst thing that ever happened to me. Wow, that's caught me off guard. Um, trying to think of what would be bad. I mean, recently I actually went into this bed bug infestation that we were dealing with that I actually had to, it was so bad the bed bugs were actually raining off of the ceiling onto my shoulders as I was standing <laughs> next to the dining room table, which I was less than pleased about. Um I brought bedbugs home with me once back in 2007. I can only assume it was from doing a job. Yeah. So uh, that, was a, that was a fun experience, especially informing your wife that you did what you never thought you'd do.
1: How fast did you get kicked out? <laughs>
3: Gosh. My Well, it turns out my wife, actually, her father-in-law um, has been doing tick research here in New Jersey for decades. Yeah. And so she grew up with ticks in the freezer oh, okay. and whatnot. And so... She was a trooper about it. She made it abundantly clear that the bedbugs were going to be gone by the end of business tomorrow, <laughs> and uh, or if they weren't, there was going to be a price to pay. And uh, everything went fine, actually. So she was a trooper about it. that. Was probably one of the worst moments. That was, uh, I'll just never forget flipping up that box spring. You know, I I I, I was waking up with the bites, and so, they were telltale. I was like, that's not yeah. good. And I flipped that box spring up, and there's that bed bug. And I'm sitting there looking at this bed bug on the bottom of my (laughs) box spring. And my wife was out in the kitchen at the time. And my heart went to my foot because I was like, what am I going to tell her? (laughs) What just happened?
1: It's only one. Can't can't drink that much.
3: Luckily, it was, I think, only one. And so the problem was was very easily taken care of. But it was a moment. I'll just never. There's been only a couple moments in my life, you know, where I was like, oh, God, here we go. And that was one of them.
1: You know, I, I got another question. I remember it was like the late 90s, early in this century, where the termites, guys weren't getting that many calls for termites. Mm-hmm. And um, then all of a sudden the bedbugs came. So I, when I teach, I tell them, listen, I know that God loves exterminators because um, we couldn't afford fancy cars or bling anymore because the termites were not coming. And God said, okay, my people are suffering. Let there be bedbugs. Did you really just say bling? Yeah. He blinked it up. Shit. So so I wanna know, is the, do you foresee another what's the next big money making insect on the horizon? If if you if you if you have any idea of that?
3: You know the one thing I can say for certain is that we might be in the most I don't want to say recession proof, but we will always have jobs in the pest control industry because one thing is always gonna win. And it's these bugs or rats or rodents or whatever the case may be. Um, You know, I'll go two different directions with that question. One, I think mosquitoes are going to be a serious issue nationally over the next. I mean, they already are, but I think even more than they are now. Um, You know, Asian tiger mosquito is just, it's nasty it's mean. It, you know, it took my yard over, it took my yard away from me a couple years ago. I, I got it back through mosquito treatments, but that's one. And as diseases change and, and new things arise, it'll be interesting to, to watch, you know, Zika, for instance. I mean, we saw everybody freak out about Zika, you know, what, last yeah. year, two years ago. And so if more of that happens, I think that's going to be a really significant factor. But I also look at the rodent populations in a lot of our major cities. I mean, watching what you guys did and whatnot and you know, with all, with everybody shifting to this all natural mentality, you know, where don't you know hurt this, hurt that, you know. It, it, I joke, and I don't mean this in any way, shape, or I'm gonna say something that's a little volatile right now, and I don't mean this, but if a serious disease outbreak occurs, it will remind people why we use the products we used to right. use back in the day, and why we're as necessary as anything has ever been. Because I think we've moved so far away from these outbreaks that once happened that people have forgotten how important pest control truly is. And I look at some of the rodent populations and some of the things we saw in the documentary and this, that, and the other, and I say, you know, are we on the threshold of something serious here? And, and I don't want that, but, you know, I, I question that sometimes because we haven't dealt with it in so long. And then the minute it, I mean, you're right, you know, you bedbugs in the schools, there's no bedbugs in the school. Parents don't want pesticides within five miles of the school. The <laughs> right. minute a bed bug is found in the school, forget the kid's classroom, you can treat the kid with any pesticide you choose today to make sure that that child doesn't bring home that bed bug. We, and so, yeah,
0: it's crazy. We just had a VIP that came home from vacation, had bed bugs, and they wanted the dog to sniff every employee in the office. And I was like, no. No. And he looked at me like I was crazy when I said no. I said, this is ridiculous. The dog's not going to – you can't sit in a chair and have the dog smell you to see if you have bed bugs. Go wash your clothes and shut up. Because, come on, that, I'm sure you've heard That's that how you before, talk. right?
1: That's how you talk to a VIP, right? Exactly. <laughs>
3: but, no, absolutely. I mean, people get – and it's funny. I always say to people, like, you know – you get a mosquito in your bedroom and, you know, people try to find it and kill it, but it's not the end of the world. People don't overreact and that mosquito could potentially transmit a disease. But people get a bed bug inside their bedroom and they will literally burn the house down trying to kill it. It's and the it's stigma. just like it's just there's this hysteria with this bug. That, you know, I, I listen. I've never, re- I, let, let me rephrase that. I actually do understand it at some level because that time I brought that bed bug home with me, I'll tell you that for a month after, you know, I, I found it, there were moments at night when I'd find a, you feel a hair on my arm move and I'd be like, what is that? You know, hopefully it's not happening again, this, that, and the other. But there's a hysteria associated with bed bugs that I just can't explain. You know, it may be lack of sleep. You know nothing destroys a person's life more than not sleeping properly and so maybe when people get bed bugs inside their homes they're just not sleeping and, and and things start to crumble around them but there's a hysteria with this bug that i just can't explain this is jeff white from Bedbug central and you're listening to colony confidential
1: are we are we on yeah. all right so ipm we're taught when we're dealing with in this case rats you got to think three dimensionally: up, down, right, left, front, forward, whatever. And we had this large complex. We had a we had killed a ton of rats. And as I'm going around the place, I'm I'm not finding droppings except in some areas. And I'm thinking I can't find any nests. I don't find any burrows. What the hell's going on here? And I look across the street. I see a park. I didn't think much of it. So one night I'm sitting there, 12, 1 o'clock at night, I hear these rats coming across the street. They're coming from the park. Uh huh. I go over to the park and I notice that several, we call them homeless people, in those days they were bums. So there's a bunch of bums living here, and um, it's definitely PC. There's food all over, and they like they got shocked. I scared them. <laughs> Who are you? Some exterminator? Oh, there's rats all over this place. Thank you. Anyway, I didn't have the contract to this. I think I broke the law. Tough shit. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Anyway, it was two thousand years ago, and um, <laughs> I I had a confidential well, conf- I had a conversation with the king of the bums. I told him, listen, I give you guys hundred bucks a week. I'm going to show up here. I don't want to see any of this shit, and you got to do this. And these bums, they clean that freaking place up, and we kicked the shit out of the rats over there. And the other thing we did, there was a gentleman who worked in this, not with the bums. He, he worked in the compound we were supposed to protect from rats, and we gave him six Havahat traps. And every time... He caught a rat in a have a heart trap. He would call us. We'd come and pick it up and take it away. And he got the sum of $5. $5 a rat? $5 a rat every time. So if he caught two rats, he got $10, bucks. 3 rats, whatever. This is something that's not in the playbook, probably nothing you've ever read. But use your most valuable tool, your mind, and expand the project. You gotta, yeah, yeah, and you got to go there at night, and you got to put time in.
0: Well, isn't it, didn't you figure out the old candy factory at like 3 in
1: the morning, drunk on your way home in a limo? So I was out on a date and had a limo, and I told the guy, pull in here. What are you doing? So we're drinking champagne in the back of the limo, and I see out a the corner of my eye, the building across the street had a cement column, and the cement column was surrounded by tin, colored tin, make it look nicer. And the truck had backed into this tin and caused it to lift up and the rat came out of that tin. And that's how I solved the problem. Went back and t- next day and, and addressed the problem and solved it. So so you know you really you start to feel good when people are starting to recognize yes you are just an exterminator. But actually you're more as an owner, you're an entrepreneur. And as an entrepreneur you generate more money than all the big businesses in this country. You employ more people and you deal in something called real cash. And as an owner you should be proud of that. You're living the American dream. And the only way you keep that dream going is you gotta, you gotta put in time and there is not enough time. So time management becomes very important. If you're on a date and you can stop by a stop, it's late at night and the problem is rats, not a bad idea. It's champagne. also
0: good to get the date uh, ready for the rest of by the, time the you rest ta- of your relationship. Listen,
1: by the time you're taking your date out in a limo to a nice show, your relationship is pretty well established. And if they don't want to go for it, then maybe they shouldn't be your date. Kick them out at the account. Yeah, kick them out on, <laughs> by the Bowery. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest
0: thing about this is that I know more about the Kardashians because you, however you started watching that show... It was like me. watching
1: a train wreck.
0: I'll me? never forget when you asked me, what's with this Kanye West guy? You know, you listen to hip hop. What's his story? He seems like a smart guy. What is he doing They're with gonna this They're going to
1: fuck him up. They're going to fuck him up. He's on the line. He, Kanye's on the line right now.
0: Well, you he probably like him now because he wears the bag of hats and promotes Donald Trump. Does he? Big time. Oh, Kim Kardashian is the new ambassador of prisons and jails. Oh jail. yeah, she went there. To, <laughs> that's
1: right. She went to Then she had a kid, but somebody carried the fetus. And, you know, she's very delicate.
0: She had a surrogate, you know. And say.
1: what you know what? I just I don't know if I can put this on the air. Let's but try. with her butt, in my day, she would have been known. She would have been called fat ass. Here comes yeah, fat but, ass. Yeah, but
0: it, but. But not in today's day.
1: Okay, I'm just, I didn't say that. That's, That's
0: probably funny. why I should not have the third kid, because, you know, kids tend to widen your hips and maybe make your oh. butt bigger, and I don't know if Ooh. she had any more room in those jeans. Oh, it's
1: true. You think that real?
0: What? Them butts? Mm I think it's I mean, debatable. she's
1: obviously had stuff on her face.
0: Yeah. I mean, allegedly, for everything we're saying.
1: And she beat out that wonderful virginal girl, uh, what's her name, uh... Paris Hilton. Such a sweet child. She was, she was like, she was like everybody's... What did he beat her out for? She became more famous and got more money to show up at shows in poor Paris, you know? Right. With her little fuck, excuse me, mutt. A little, little mutt in her arms.
0: The deal's now such heavily cash-based, probably end up having to put it in escrow with a lawyer, but...
1: Make sure it's a good lawyer, because you know there's a lot of cases of lawyers uh, fooling around with their escrow money, and it's gone.
0: If you even have to think about that, you're in the wrong fucking place to begin with, with your people. You need good, competent accountants, lawyers. If you're in that position, you're already fucked. Just bend over.
1: <laughs> yeah, and don't forget the Vaseline. Yeah, well,
0: if you're in that position, there's no Vaseline. It's fucking hard. And nasty. Oh! Whatever. Easy, listen, sorry. I had to go there. I know. We're fucking killing people. We're shanking them. We're, we're taking them in a the shower, dropping soap. It's crazy on this podcast. <laughs> but all jokes, allegedly, all jokes aside, thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe and review. Send us anything you want us to know about at colonyconfidential at gmail.com.